You are listening to the Invitation Church podcast. To learn more about Invitation Church, visit us online at invitation605.com. You can also download our app on iTunes and Google Play by searching for Invitation 605. All right, so we need to start with a picture on this Mother's Day of some fans at the Boston Red Sox game. And there's a lot going on, so, I mean, we could start with Larry. Here he is. Foul ball's coming in. Everybody's got a, a different uh, reaction, and we've, you know, we've got Roger right here. You know, he's got kind of the big, big eyeballs. I think my favorite's Diane, Di- <laughs> and she's just, like, ready. I wish there was another shot, because I want to see kind of Uh, what happens. But then like Lois down here, she's like, I knew I shouldn't have come to this. I put myself in these situations and (laughs) this is what happens. Oh my goodness. But I just, I love Deb right here. Here she is, you know. And you know, when I think about this picture, I, I think a little bit about how some of us come into this day. You know, I think that there's, you know, some of us in the room and, you know, this is only a celebratory day um, because we're in a good place uh, in our relationship with our mom. Uh, maybe you are a mother yourself, and the, the culture is really lifting up this day in a really significant way. And you know, I know that there are, there are others of you who find yourself in a different spot. Like your reaction to the moment of Mother's Day is very different. Uh, that there's some sadness, there's some grief around it because uh, things are not uh, the way that you would like them to be. The things uh, have unfolded in your life that make this day hard, that it's possible that you find yourself at a difficult place in your relationship with your mom or you find yourself at a, different, at a difficult relationship with your kid. And it's just complicated uh, today. And I think it's important to say that. Uh, I know that on days like today, and this happens on Father's Day too, that, you know, some people decide, I'm just I'm just not going to go. This is going to be like a, a gathering I just don't really want to be a part of because I don't really want to hear whatever it's going to be. And, and I think these are moments that are really important because I think God really does desire to, to speak to us in and through uh, these times. And so, you know, there's lots of stuff um, that moms tend to say, lots of stuff that dads tend to say. We want to uh, talk about, you know, I'm, this is just kind of a reflection of my own life of stuff I heard from my mom. So this might not hit anybody in the house today. This might just be for the pastor. Uh, here's number one, hold your horses. I don't know. I'm not going to make you raise your hand or your heart hand or anything like that. But I don't know, maybe you've heard that uh, one time in your life. Or maybe this one, what part of no don't you understand? I don't know. That's not really hitting today. That's fine. Um, or this one, take it down a notch. You're getting a window into what it was like to be my mother, all right? And then there's this one. I've had it up to here. And notice it's always taller than they are, right? It's like make yourself into a bear. Yeah, I've had it up to here. Uh, or this one, because I said so, right? Why isn't it good enough? Because you said it. Right? He loves us just because he does. All right? Uh, Who left the toilet seat up? That's maybe one that's real. And some of you are like, no, that's not like, that's my husband does that. That's a whole deal. 
Um, if your friends jumped off a cliff, would you? That's a snapshot of my teenage years. So yeah, 2000 to 2004, we were rocking with that one uh, quite a bit. So, but we can talk about today not just what you know our moms at times have said. I don't know, of course, that's not all that they say. Uh, but there's a woman in the scriptures. There's a there's a mother in the scriptures that has some stuff to say. Um, that I think is really informative and helpful for us. And so I thought on this Mother's Day, like, hey, it might be good to trace the scriptures. And like, what does the mother of Jesus say? Like, what do we hear from her? Well, what kind of life, what kind of story does she have? Like, is there something that we might be able to learn and glean uh, from her? And so I want to just unpack a couple quotes Uh, from Mary. So here's the first one. This is Luke chapter 1 verse 34 and no you can read this at other times than just Christmas. So this is sort of like the Christmas narrative but you can read it all year long. How will this be? So here's the context of this. Mary is pledged to be married to this man Joseph. This was not her idea. This is an opportunity that came to her, and so she had been pledged to her. Her family had kind of worked that out with Joseph's family. And before they can have this religious and cultural ceremony, this kind of wild thing happens. But God sends this angel, Gabriel, to let Mary know that she's going to be a mom. And she's going to carry within her body, the the savior of Israel, like the the one that Israel has been waiting for. Like they've been in Egypt and they know what that's like. And they've been carried out of that place powerfully. And they've been waiting for a Messiah, waiting for a savior, waiting for the one who's going to make this all right. Because if you are living in Jerusalem in the first century, it felt a lot like Egypt. There was just a new pharaoh named Rome. And it wasn't that you were building bricks like you were in Egypt. You were being ruled by the most powerful government perhaps the world has ever seen. And so you are in a place where you need a savior. And so this angel of God comes to Mary and tells her about the plan of God, not just for her, but for all of Israel. And I find it so interesting and helpful that Mary's response is not to push away the word of God, not to push away the plan, not to push away the assignment, but in a moment when her world changes massively, her posture is wonder. Like her posture is curiosity. Like her posture is like, ooh, I wonder how this is going to work out. And I think there's a word in that for us. Like church, let's not decide or limit or control what God is capable of. Like some of us, I think, stand in need of hearing these words from Mary today because I think for some of us it might be easy for us to say, this is how it's going to be. Like, oh, like, oh, here, yep, here we are again. I know how this ends. This always happens to me. Here I am again. Like, God doesn't care about me. He's forgotten about me. 
like I'm invisible to him. Instead of operating in wonder, we operate in certainty. And Mary wants to knock on the door a little bit this morning and, and say, hey, I know something about things changing in a moment for me. And her encouragement to all of us would be not to say, this is how I know that's going to work out. But I think her encouragement to us would be to ask, like, how is this going to be? Like, God, what are you up to? Like, what are you up to here? What are you up to within me? What are you up to within us? Like, I wonder how this is all going to play out. Yesterday, we spent several hours at a baseball diamond with nine-year-olds flinging baseballs at each other. <laughs> having not much of an idea where the ball's going. And every time a little child would you know, big baseball helmet and batting, steps into the batter's box, and every time I find myself just thinking, oh, I wonder what's going to happen here. Not deciding what the outcome's going to be, but to allow the process to play out. And that's part of what I think Mary wants to say to us. It's an invitation to wonder, to curiosity instead of Certainty. So that's maybe the first thing she says, how will this be? And so I just wonder if somebody in the house would be willing this week to have that conversation with God. Like, God, what are you doing here? Like, how is this movement from your spirit going to play out? Instead of being silent, instead of not speaking to him, could you get your hands on some wonder? Like, God, how can this be? But Mary's not done. She wants to say another thing to us. A couple of verses later, kind of in that same section, she says, I am the Lord's servant. So first her response is wonder and curiosity and faith. But then she has this really powerful confession that I'm the Lord's servant. And what blows my mind, what I love about Mary in this moment, like Mary knows what it's like to live under the rule of Rome. Like there's Roman centurion soldiers everywhere with all of their armor and their powerful horses. Like that's the context that Mary is living under. And, and Mary in this moment, like, no, I'm not a servant of them. Like, I don't serve Nero, I don't serve Augustus. Like, I'm a servant of the Lord. Like, I'm a servant of the God who brought my people out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery, and into this place. Like, I am the Lord's servant. I'm not a servant of the expectations and dreams of others. Like, that's not what I live under. I'm not bowing down and giving time to the expectations and dreams of others. And some of us get caught in that. Because there are people in our lives who they have expectations and dreams for us. And asking to stay in the house today, it does not mean they're gods. It does not mean that because you have heard it from somebody, you have heard it from God. Mary's not a servant of success or perfection as it is defined by others. 
So she's not bowing down to success, like how they would define success in the first century, like how they would define perfection in the first century. Mary says, no, like, I'm a servant of the Lord. Like, it's his voice that I seek. It's his face that I run after. It's his plan and will for my life that guide me. And Mary's saying she's not a servant of the affirmation or applause of others. Like, I'm a servant of the Lord. I'm not placing myself underneath the servanthood of affirmation of other people. And asking me to tell you, like, she's stepping into a season in her life and she's going to need that because nobody's applauding what she has going on. What are people are whispering? People are having conversation like, hey, did you hear? Did you hear about that pregnancy? Did you hear about what's going on there? But Mary's like, no, I'm a servant of the Lord. How will this be, God? Like, how, how are you going to unfold this in my life? But I need you to know that as I ask that question, I need you to hear me say, like, I'm your servant. Like, I'm going to follow you. I'm going to serve you. I'm going to love you. So what does that mean today? Like, what's it mean to be a servant of the Lord? I think a couple of things. One thing we can say is that it means that I listen for his voice. Like, if we're going to be servants of God, servants of the Lord Jesus, it means we're going to be listeners of the voice of God. It also means that we're going to receive the words that he's spoken over us. Like, we're going to receive those words, and we're also going to step into the places he calls me. Like, with my whole heart, even if I am alone first. So to be a servant of God, it just means that I listen for his voice. And I receive the words that he's spoken over my life. And that means I step into some places that are scary, that are unknown. I don't know, we could maybe say some batter's boxes in the world. We step into some of those places. Having no idea if that ball's coming for our head or our shin. And then he says, she says one more thing. This is in the book of John. This is the last recorded words of Mary in the Gospels. And I think this is purposeful. Because I believe the Gospel writers want us to read this sentence in the context of the last hours of the life of Jesus. Like I, want, I think the Gospel writers want us to hear this when the upper room is happening. And what's happening is Jesus is at a party, and the wine has run out. Bummer. They didn't plan very well. Like we've said before when we've talked about this story, this is like the worst nightmare of most people in the Midwest, that they would have a party and they would run out of food. And people are coming around trying to figure out what to do, and Mary just flags down, you know, one of the server's and she just says, hey, do whatever he tells you. Just whatever he says to do, just do it. Just follow him. Because when you do that, there's going to be more wine than <laughs> you can drink. And so when he tells you to give, 
It isn't because like we serve this needy God who's powerless or a God of scarcity, but because he doesn't want you to live in the wrong story. Like he doesn't want you to build a house with your life that only has room for you and not for others and definitely not for him. So like when God asks you to give, to give of yourself, to serve, it's not a punishment. It's an invitation. And when he tells you to move, it isn't because he wants to control your life for his own sake. He's calling you to move because he's an on-the-move kind of God and he's got a task that he wants you to join him in. And when he tells you to forgive, it's not because you're supposed to forget, you're supposed to move on, you're supposed to pretend like it's no big deal, like there isn't any kind of pain in your heart, but it's because he desires that you would experience the freedom that he has poured into the earth through the empty tomb. And when he tells you to speak, it isn't because he needs to hear what's in your heart. Because he knows. But when he tells you to speak, it's because there are some other people who need to know what's in your heart. And when he tells you to listen, it isn't because he wants to raise up a generation of people who will follow all of the rules and do everything right, but because there is a private, personal, quiet work that he will do within you years before anybody else will hear of it. So before God ever calls anybody to a stage, he'll call that person to sit at his feet. So Mary's just at this wedding and he's, she's just like, hey, just do whatever he tells you. Not because he's going to hurt you, but because he's going to set you free. So if you're looking for a voice, it's Jesus. If you're looking for someone to provide, it's Jesus. Just do whatever he tells you. Just follow him. Love him and serve him. And seek him. And I don't know, I just think like on this Mother's Day, like those are three pretty powerful words of Mary. But how is this going to be? Like, my posture in this uncertainty is wonder. I don't know, God, how you're going to work this out. This posture of wonder. And then just to be able to say, like, hey, like, I'm the Lord's servant in this. And I think that can actually be an easy thing to say when things are going the way that you have planned them to go. Like, I think that's, a, that's an easier context to serve God in. But what about when things don't go your way? What about when things go off the tracks? When you feel lost? When things change? And not just because we flipped the room, because you're experiencing some kind of other intense change in your heart and in your life. Mary is such an example to us that I am the Lord's servant. And I just wonder, and I don't know, but I just wonder if she's like reminding herself 
I mean, I don't know, like, there's an angel of God at her side. So I think Gabriel's probably got a good idea, like, who Mary is. And I just wonder if Mary's just reminding herself, like, I'm the Lord's servant. With this crazy thing that's going on around me, I am the Lord's servant. Like, I wonder if it's a sermon that Mary's preaching to herself. And it makes me wonder if that's maybe a good sermon for us to preach to ourselves. When we're in moments of difficulty and hardship and pain and uncertainty, okay, I'm the Lord's servant. When I'm tempted to serve other things, I'm the Lord's servant. I'm tempted to make decisions that are contrary to the kingdom. I am the Lord's servant. When people around me don't get it, when everybody else's dream for my life is not unfolding, when I'm not meeting the expectations and dreams that everybody else, like I am the Lord's servant. I think what's beautiful about that is it provides us some clarity. And I think the gift that Mary would desire to give us on this Mother's Day is those three confessions. Those three confessions that we find, and there's a couple more, there's some also inferences, but these are the quotes the gospel writers chose for us. And so I think if Mary was with us today, I'm going to invite the band up as we close. I think there's something that she would want you to know about her story. I've got a bag full of puzzle pieces. People in the back might not be able to see it. Just a little puzzle piece, just about the size of a penny. I think Mary would want you to know that this is how she sees her life. Like she sees her life as small. In the, in the big and long story of God, she's, got, she's playing a small part. Like, there's a lot that's unfolded before Gabriel shows up in her story. God's done a ton before that happens. And so when she thinks about the the grand, long story of God, she's a small piece of it. But it's more than just small. It's also unique. Like, if you've ever put, like, a large puzzle together, I'm not talking about the alphabet ones where, like, the pieces are huge for the six-year-olds. I'm talking about, like, these small ones you do on a rainy day that take, I don't know, some of you in here do puzzles that take a week. These small ones, and, and each piece is unique. Like, each piece is different, and I think Marriott would want you to know that she views her story in that way and she would invite you to view yours in that way, that you've got unique experiences. Like you've got unique gifts. You've got unique personality. And the way that, that's one of the ways the image of God shows up in your life is through your uniqueness. So like, it's just good for you to hear that you're just not called to be like everybody. The goal is not for your story to line up with everybody else. The goal is for you not to just go with the flow of traffic. 
because you're in your own car, in your own story, in your own lane. And I think Mary would want you to know that. So she want you to know that your story's small, and your story's unique, but she would also, I think, want to say to you today that your story is crucial. Because if you ever tried to put a puzzle together and you're missing one piece, it's enough to drive you mad. And what happens? You search everywhere. Who knocked it over? Does the cat have it? Is it underneath the couch? Who moved the puzzle? Because I had it all right here and now I can't find... Let's go ahead and put it away. And I just believe today there's just too many people who do not see their existence as a crucial existence. Like they don't, they don't view them waking up tomorrow and whatever it is that God's put in your heart and your mind to do, they just don't see that as crucial in the hand of God. And I just think Mary wants you to know that, yeah, it's small. Praise Jesus. Like it's, a, it's part of a huge story. Like this church gets to stand with the church in Philippi and Corinth and Galatia and Thessalonica. All these ancient churches. Like, that's amazing. This is a big and a long story. And it's a unique one. Like, God's loved you enough to make you unique. To not create you just like everybody else. That you just hop in your car and put it on cruise control, officer. but that you would take the twists and the turns that God has for you, but it is so crucial and we just need you. I think that's what Mary would say. Because I don't know, God used her in sort of a neat way in his story. But do you notice, like, there's not about Mary. It's about what God wants to do in and through her. And so I have these puzzle pieces and I'm going to sacrifice my puzzle for you. And it is my hope, my desire. I know I'm pushing you a little bit today, but we're going to sing this last song. And I'm going to put these puzzle pieces up here and I'm just going to invite you to come get one. And my hope is that you'd carry it around with you. In your pocket, in your purse, or I don't know, somewhere where you might see it. Maybe by the toothpaste, the deodorant might be, I don't know. You figure that out. You and the Lord can figure that out together. But man, as your pastor, I just want you to know that you're crucial. That your life is crucial. There's too many people who just don't believe that. That's from God on high. And a small story doesn't mean an insignificant story. It just doesn't mean that it's not a lonely story. It means that it's a story with others. And it's unique. So don't run from that uniqueness. My prayer, my heart today, is that you would embrace the uniqueness 
of your story in Jesus' name and for Jesus' name. Will you pray with me? God, we thank you today for this church and for the opportunity we get to gather together and to worship you and to have conversations and to seek your face together, God. And God, I just want to pray these three words over our church today, small, unique, and crucial. And I pray that through the Holy Spirit, this community of faith would receive them. And that you would break down the walls within us that make receiving those words difficult. God, that you would do a new thing in us and that we would come to a place in our story with you that we understand, God, that there's some stuff that you want to do in us and through us and something that you're calling us to together. You're calling us to stand shoulder to shoulder with each other. And God, we thank you for Mary, for her story, for her life, for her words. Thank you for the ladies of our this community of faith for the way that they show us who God is like for the way that they communicate the truth and the beauty of the gospel of the one who has come to seek and to save those who are lost so God thanks for the small story that we're in thank you for the unique story that we're in and thank you for the crucial story that we're in we pray that you would find us faithful to those things in the name of jesus we pray thank you so much for joining us on the invitation church podcast i want to encourage you to take the message that you just heard and receive every part of it every promise from god every declaration of his great love for you every word of hope every reminder that you have been made for more allow what you've heard to take root in your soul to allow Jesus to do the deep work that only he can do. I also want to encourage you to be part of what we are doing here at Invitation as we invite people to live the way of Jesus. Go to the app and become a regular giver, an investor in the story that God is writing in this place. Also, if you found the message meaningful, we'd love to have you share it with someone else as you partner with us in carrying the message beyond the walls of the church. I want to thank you for being here with us. Grace and peace.